Welcome to Press the Issue, a podcast from Master WP, your source for industry insights for WordPress professionals. Get show notes, transcripts, and more information about the show at masterwp.com slash press the issue. Press the Issue by Master WP is sponsored by LearnDash. Your expertise makes you money doing what you do. Now let it make you money teaching what you do. To create a course with LearnDash, visit learndash.com. Our mission at Master WP is to bring new voices into WordPress and tech every day. The new Master WP workshop series does just that. Our new live and recorded workshops on everything from code to design to business turn WordPress fans into WordPress experts. Find the workshop for you at workshops.masterwp.com. Use the code PODCAST10 for a 10% discount. Ali and Naisha just got back from the first ever WordCamp Asia in Bangkok, Thailand. In this episode, they each share their highlights from the event, as well as things they hope to be improved upon for next year. Hey, Naisha, how are you today? I'm doing well, Allie. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm also very proud of myself because um, I went to your Twitter recently for something and I saw your pinned tweet and I was like, oh, snap, I've been saying her name wrong this whole time. Um, <laughs> so if you're ever wondering how to say Naisha's name properly, Am I saying it properly? You are, yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> go to her Twitter. She has a pronunciation at the top of her page. So it's only taken me like nine months, but I'm pronouncing it correctly. <laughs> okay. It's on my website too. My website is, um, well, it'll <gasps> be up website. today. Yeah. Yay. And it'll have a pronunciation guide and it'll have, phonet- oh my gosh, phonet- phon- phonetic. All right. Thank you. Spelling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak today. I might need it, but that's yeah. okay. That's so exciting. I'm so excited to see your website. Thank you. Um, all right. So that that non sequitur out of the way. Today we are talking about what a lot of people are still talking about, even like like two weeks ish later. The first ever WordCamp Asia, which was a couple weeks ago, and you and I braved basically sixty hour round trip flight to Thailand to attend and speak at WordCamp Asia. And I mean, it was pretty dang fantastic. I had a really, really good time. It was. I did too. That was definitely one of my top favorite trips, like in general. This is like right under my honeymoon. So it was really (laughs) great. (laughs) Yeah, it was really exceptional. We both got to bring our our partners. I got to bring my my husband, uh, Greg, and you got to bring your husband, Sean. I almost got them mixed up for a second. That would have been embarrassing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it was it was such a great event, especially for being there the first WordCamp Asia, that that organizing team had never put on an event together before, but due to delays from the pandemic, they had actually been playing this event for four years. So it really showed all the details. Yeah, there was so many details covered. It seemed like everything was well thought out. Yeah, it was really, it was really fantastic. Yeah, you definitely would not believe it if you attended that this was their first time putting on an event together. It was absolutely amazing. And you can tell that they put a lot of thought into detail and that they also learned from other work camps as well. Yeah. There was a lot of things that were like, they nailed all the basics. And then there were like additional things that were 
just like better than <laughs> I've, I've been to like a dozen word camps at this point across the, the United States. And there were just things that were just better. So we're going to we're going to go over all of the pros and all the things that we loved. But this is pressed the issue. You know, we like to be a little spicy. We like to be we like to provide constructive criticism. So we're also going to discuss a couple of I wouldn't even say cons like pros and cons. I would say just like things that we noticed that could have been better, things that we wished were a little bit different. But, you know, overall, I gave the event a 10 out of 10. Any any improvements I had or me just being nitpicky? The same. I, 10 out of 10, just like minor details. And they pay so much attention to details and feedback. I'm pretty sure whatever we have to suggest, they're going to take it and thank you and, and run with it because they're such great organizers. Yeah, definitely. So I'll go first with with my with my pros, my highlights, right? Because I could list just list everything about the event that it was great. But my highlights specifically were the food. The food was the best food I've ever had at a WordCamp. And yes, it, it was the variety of it. It was the amount of food that you got every day for lunch. And honestly, it was just like novel and interesting because a lot of it was food I'd never had before. Like me and my husband would open up the box and be like, what's that? What's this? What is that? And like, it was just such a fun experience rather than being like, all right, well, like I got to eat something and then, you know, run to the next thing. It was a part of the experience was the food. They also had this orange juice that was like tangerine juice. Like I got really hyper fixated on this orange juice. It was really, really delicious. <laughs> I had like three cups of it a day. Um, <laughs> so I was privileged enough to be chosen to speak. I still feel super honored that I was part of that group of people that got to speak at this event. And we had uh, body microphones. Like they put a mic pack on the back of my dress and taped a microphone to the side of my face. And I'd never had that in a WordCamp. And it was like a small thing, but it seemed like they hired an outside company to come in and take care of that. And it was like a small thing, but it really elevated the experience to something like I felt like a professional speaker. Like I felt like I was going to give a Ted talk or something because when you don't have (laughs) to hold the microphone, like my hands were free. I felt like I didn't have a microphone with like a cord that I was like stuck to a certain part of the stage. Like I could move around. That was just really exceptional. And there was in the sessions I was in, in addition to my session, there were no like audio issues the audio was so smooth all the time. There were no blips in the ins and outs. It was always great. You also looked really cool with the microphone in your face. Like, <laughs> like we were in a movie. Like, yeah. I felt like we were in a movie and I was like a background person. Like, this is the main actress talking and something's going to break out. I have to run or something. I felt like so excited. I felt like I was I a part of the really experience. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I did feel really cool. And like in my pictures, I look cool because I don't have like a, a thing in my hand or that was such a cool and unique experience. And I hope that they continue to do that as well. And then the other highlight for me, and then I'll, I'll let you share yours as well, Naisha. The other highlight for me was contributor day. I thought for some reason that I wasn't going to be able to go because they had a unique sort of thing where you had to register, sign up for contributor day. Otherwise you like couldn't go, like they like wouldn't let you in, which at first I was kind of like, well, that kind of sucks. Like, why are we not allowing people in? And I think that it had something to do with the amount of food that they had available. They needed to keep track of who all was coming. And I didn't think I had signed up for it, but I did. I had a little thing on my badge that said I could go. 
And what was super special about it, and I don't honestly know if other word camps have done this, and if they have, I apologize for discounting them, but they did contributor day on the first day of the word camp, as opposed to traditionally doing it on the very last day. And doing it on the last day was always kind of an issue because people are tired by the last day. They're burnt out. They don't feel like it. Like you've spent the last two or three days like doing things, shut up to sundown, and like you don't feel like going to it seems so optional and it's easy to skip out on. But doing it on that first day really prioritized it. It made sure people went. It made sure that the event gave the feeling of this is important and you should go. And it was super well organized. Like I remember speaking to people at WordCamp US last year who were very intimidated and frustrated by Contributor Day because they just didn't know what to do. And we took a lot of time in the morning on Contributor Day. We had every single team lead go up to the front of the room and explain what their team was about and what they did so that you knew exactly where you would fit and which team you should go to. And that was remarkable, genius. And I'm really curious to see details and information about like how many new contributors maybe were signed up that day or you know how many people attended like I want to see how successful that day ended up being because it felt really impactful so those are my three main highlights even though everything was so fantastic no gotcha gotcha I definitely piggybacking off yours I agree with your three. First of all, the food was fantastic. I was so excited to eat every day, (laughs) (laughs) not just the food in Thailand, but the food at the event as well. And one thing that I was very impressed by was the dietary separations, because I know um, I've only been to WordCamp US uh, 2022. I've been to a lot of tech conferences, though. I've been going even while I was um, before I got my first tech job, I was going while I was learning. And that was by far... um, um, the best one I've ever been to. And I know at US, uh, the dietary restrictions were a little muddled, so people couldn't eat. And that wasn't the case that I've heard so far from this one. They had distinction by halal, vegan, things like that. So I was very impressed that everybody got a chance to to try the food because it was amazing. Um, I did have some of that tangerine juice too. It was so good. good. (laughs) There was an issue I remember I saw on Twitter on that first day, there was a problem with the kosher options. Like the kosher option Mm. wasn't available, but I believe that they had fixed it by the second day, which like- Amazing. Yeah, amazing that it got fixed. And food, organizing food is so hard when you have to do all those dietary restrictions. So like not to discount the kosher folks, but it kind of seemed like, okay, you can't win them all. You can't get everything exactly perfect. So yeah, I agree with you as far as like, yeah, there were so many options. Yeah. And another thing I really, really loved, I love the specific sessions um, that they had. I think that all the work camps and even like WordPress related or similar camps or meetups conferences like decode (laughs) they have really really good sessions i think sessions make the conference but this one to me was there's just so many good ones from technical to just motivational going into WordCamp, i didn't really know what to expect because it was the first one in asia i didn't know how it would be set up i didn't know you know i knew what the sessions would be about but i didn't know how they would go and so going in you know i didn't think not saying i didn't think much like they weren't going to be good i didn't think they would have such an impact on me. I felt so inspired after going to the sessions. I felt like I had new ideas that were, you know, presented to me that were for me, even though they were presented to everyone. I felt appreciated. <laughs> I felt 
a part of the community. I felt beloved. I just felt energy and emotions that I usually don't feel at conferences. I usually feel good. I love them. That's why I go to so many. But this was a special one to me. I just felt the energy in the air. And you can tell speakers like yourself, Allie, were just so passionate about what you do. And it just gave me so many ideas about my future. And I love to get inspired like that. I, I wish more, especially newbies into tech, would go to conferences like this. They don't know how life-changing they can be when you're thinking about your future and your paths you want to take. So the sessions were A1. My husband, who's not technical at all, felt inspired. I asked him, we, well, Michelle for shit and I, we joked, we were like, where are you going to, uh, are you going to join the community now? And <laughs> he was like, you know what? I'm thinking about it. And so it was just, you know, from a person that's in the community and also outside, they were just so amazing. They did a great job picking speakers. Totally. I was speaking with Laura Byrne, who gave a similar talk to mine. And we were remarking on the fact that there were so many talks that were specifically for non-coders which I wouldn't go so far as to say it's been a problem, but the vast majority of content at WordCamps since they began has been about code and software and been focused on developers. And it's kind of been hard to get really good content by people who do not code, by you know creatives. And there were a good number of talks along those lines. And Laura and I both felt very validated because that's what both of our talks were about. Amazing, amazing. I also really, really like the venue. The venue was amazing. That was oh one of the <laughs> that blew my mind. You I could, felt like I was in a theme park. Yes. And I think they, they actually had theme park related things in there. You remember the oh, uh, dinosaur? Goodness. Yes. <laughs> I saw a sign for that on one of the like the second or third day, and I was like, wait, what? There's like a dinosaur park? Like every day that I went into the so if, for those of you who, who who were not there or who didn't kind of follow along. The event was at the top, the, the top floor, or maybe it wasn't even the top floor of this. Technically it was a mall, but it was mm -hmm. the most extravagant, gigantic, intricate, expansive mall I'd ever been in in my whole life. It was yes. beautiful and gigantic. And there were like, on one level, there were just cars. Like there was like a BMW dealership, like inside the mall. And again, like we said, there was like a, a dinosaur. It was like a kid's dinosaur park. There was an IMAX theater. There were like big terraces and balcony. Like there was a waterfall from the ceiling. Like that place was insane. Yes, um, that was and it incredible. Was so beautiful. And I know that you and Sean did what me and my husband did at, at a couple of points where it's like, okay, I'm feeling maybe a little claustrophobic. There's a lot going on. I'm going to go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go down a couple levels and I'm going to go get some souvenirs. Like it was perfect. It was. It had everything there. You technically, if you just went from the hotel to the mall, you had a, a crazy great experience just doing that. And I think that's really amazing for accessibility. And that's really amazing for people who, you know, may be intimidated by going to a new country. I know I've, I've never been to the Asian continent and I, you know, I was, didn't know what to expect. And I am definitely going back to Bangkok. I don't know when I can fly that long, but <laughs> I definitely want to go back. Yeah, it was really fun. And you're right. I didn't really think about that. It was it did feel very accessible because like here in the US, we're used to malls, right? Like that's mm -hmm. not a that's not a new thing. So it kind of almost felt, yeah, like being home, but just in a really different, unique way. Everything was in English, like all the signs and everything. Everybody in the mall that I encountered at least 
spoke English. And so it, it didn't feel as scary as it might have done. It was a really, really perfect venue. Like, yeah, it was a great choice. All right. So I really only have two things that I didn't love about the event. The first one was the speaker room. So usually for speakers, there's a a speaker room or a green room or just a room set off that's just for speakers where you can leave your bag and leave your laptop and have it be safe. You can sit, sit in a quiet place and work on your slides. You can chat with other speakers. And I really had to hunt for the speaker room. I had to ask like multiple people, like some of the volunteers didn't know what I was talking about. And when I finally found it, there wasn't anybody in there. So then I felt kind of weird because I was like, well, if I leave my stuff, like part of the part of the benefit of the speaker room is like, there's kind of always somebody in there who, who's like watching everybody's stuff. So there wasn't anybody in there. There wasn't any stuff in there. And I was like, well, I don't feel comfortable really leaving my stuff in here. And Naisha, there were no power outlets in that room. So like my laptop was dying and I needed to work on my slides. And I was like, I finally found the room and I can't plug my computer inside so to go find somewhere else. And so I was, I was kind of frustrated about that because it's something that I've come to expect as a speaker. And so I think that like, maybe it just wasn't something that they deemed important, like important this go around. And I might be the only speaker who really missed it, but that was a little bit like, I was like, oh, dang, I'm like disappointed. The other thing that I didn't love that I, I hope is different next year is the sponsors area. The area that they had for the sponsor booths was just way too small. And I don't think that that could have really, looking at that space, I don't know how much that could have been helped. Maybe in future years, some sponsors are in a different area, like the smaller sponsors are in one area and the bigger sponsors are, I don't know. But usually that's one of the highlights of an event for me is like hanging out in the sponsor area. There's a lot of people I know that work at these companies so I can hang out, bug them at their booths, you know, pick up swag take my time, play the games. You always run into people that you know and you can stop and chat. But the sponsor area was impossible to get. It was like Times Square on New Year's Eve. It was impossible <laughs> to move through. It was so crowded. And there were people not only at the booths, but just kind of standing around talking and you're like pushing your way through. And like, it gave me so much anxiety. And so yes. I didn't really get a lot of swag from WordCamp Asia. I was kind of disappointed because I was like, I went in there one time and I was like, not again. I can't do that. <laughs> and what I was told after the fact was, and this may or may not be true. This is just something that one person happened to tell me. Culturally speaking, in a lot of Asian countries, for an event like this, the focus is more on the networking and a little bit less on the, the sessions. And so a lot of people came to the event purely to hang out in this area and talk to these companies and not to go to the sessions. So maybe it wasn't that the, the area was too small. Maybe it was that it was expected that more people would be in the sessions. And instead, more people were in this one area. I don't really know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I hope that next year they are able to account for that a little bit more and find a way to expand that area or maybe have a dedicated networking room or I don't know, something like that to lessen up the traffic in that area because it, it caused me a lot of anxiety. No, I agree with you. I uh, I went through twice and once was for swag and I was like, this is too much. I got pushed a couple of times. I was like, this is too many people. Uh-uh, I'm leaving. And then the next time was just actually to like, you know, looking for someone. So I agree. I did not get as much swag as I usually do. That was very, like you said, it gave me anxiety too. And I'm usually 
I'm pretty okay with crowds, but that Me was too. like we were packed in at some part, and I I, I cannot be packed in. I, I it is it sets me crazy. So and you're I tall. To, I'm five two. Yeah. So like I <laughs> I was like drowning in all these people. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, and um, that kind of leads up to one of my one of my just minor issues. I know this is a source of hot debate sometimes, but I really wish that the mask mandate was enforced a little bit more because, you know, in other parts of the, if you went outside the conference, it was definitely enforced, um, not in the mall, but outside on the airline, Korean air definitely was enforced. It was so many people. That was, that was probably the biggest conference I've ever been to. And even if we weren't still dealing with COVID, I just think having that many people in one area during flu season is, yeah. you know, without masks is a bit of an issue. And they did have hand sanitizer, things like that. But I, I know I definitely got sick on the way back um, when I got home. And <laughs> I was thinking, you know, and I wore a mask most of the time. I, I, I think I only took my mask off when I was outside. And yeah, so... I just wish that, you know, mass mandates were, you know, especially since cases are rising again all over the world. I wish it was enforced a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. And that wasn't even something I had thought of in the moment. I was just like, I don't know, like it didn't really occur to me, but definitely in retrospect, like my husband got a really bad cold when we got home. And yeah, having that many people packed in like that who had come from, you know, we had a lot of people coming from the United States, but we had people coming from Europe and like the Philippines and India and South America. Like we have people coming from all over the world and um, they haven't released any numbers in terms of like if people have reported COVID cases after the fact. I know that's happened a couple of times for past WordCamp events or WordPress events. We did get one. I got one email oh, yeah. yesterday. Yeah, it was, oh, it was very, it was like, was it late yesterday or early yesterday? It was recent, but there was, oh, okay. was one, at least one person reported they did have COVID at the event. Okay. Well, yeah. And there was, there was, <laughs> oh gosh, I, I don't know how many attendees now. It was something like 1500 attendees. So that's relatively unsurprising. Mm-hmm. I'm honestly kind of surprised it was only one. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that's only the that's only one person who who reported, reported. it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and that I mean that could have been a great opportunity as well for more swag, like you know, WordCamp Asia masks or mm-hmm. something that like that. Awesome, that would have been <laughs> so cool. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, maybe for next year that might not be as much of a concern. I hope it's not as much I of hope a concern. Not. <laughs> um, but that could be something definitely for WordCamp Europe to take into consideration. Is um, you know, that's in a couple months. You know, I, I don't know how much these event organizers can do as far as enforcement of mask mandates, but highly recommend and reminders and like, you know, you can't come into this area or this room without a mask and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or passing them out as well, like offering them and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, I think that's a pretty comprehensive look at the pros and cons, if you want to call it that. And yeah, if you attended WordCamp Asia out there at home, we would love to hear like, what was your highlights? Like, were there improvements that you saw that we missed? Um, And all of that kind of stuff, all meant to be positive and kind, constructive criticism, because, you know, overall, they really absolutely knocked it out of the park. So anything we say here (laughs) that's for improvement, quote unquote, is, you know, coming from the kindest, most helpful place. All right. Well, thank you so much, Naisha, for chatting with me. I always love recording episodes with you. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, we'll catch you in the next one. Hey there, welcome to a new segment of Press the Issue. 
listener mail. We want to know what you think about this topic. Specifically, how do you think WordPress as a community and project can bring the next generation into the fold? Tweet your response to underscore masterwp or email your response to podcast at masterwp.com. Then tune in to our next episode to see if we read your response at the end of the show. Thank you for listening to this episode. Press the Issue is a production of Master WP, produced by Ali Nimmons, hosted, edited, and musically supervised by Monet Davenport, and mixed and mastered by Tehran Bullock. Please visit masterwp.com slash press the issue to find more episodes. Subscribe to our newsletter for more WordPress news at masterwp.com.